Not only are we going to New Hampshire, we're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico. We're going to California and Texas and New York. We're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. 402-342-1290 if you have a question, but it might be better to just kind of sit back and listen because you might learn a thing or two as we are talking about an incredibly important program for the 10,000 Americans per day that are eligible for Medicare, the Medicare program, certainly one of the most popular government programs. It is the most expensive government program, but it is Uh, something that helps an awful lot of people, but there are some changes going on, some of them directly related to policy, others are as uh, indirect impacts uh, from changes in the healthcare industry, changing things. And uh, that's one of the things that we're going to spend some time talking about this segment, Stuart, Uh, prescription drug partnerships affecting the marketplace. Uh, I I presume we're going to go in the direction of uh, just the consolidation and and changes that that are happening. Is that is that right? Yeah. Uh, what's happening is not only consolidation, which you hit on, but also uh, prescription drug companies and benefit managers are all vying for mark to increase their market share. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, as the 2017 marketplace is going to be extremely competitive, extremely active across all segments of the marketplace. And what I pulled up here is, is a key example of this. Walgreens uh, Boots Alliance has joined with Prime Therapeutics uh, in order to capture a greater share of the prescription drug market and, and to better compete with CVS Healthcare. Um, Walgreens, which is based on, in St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, is based pharmacy manager, uh, is owned by 14 leading uh, Blue Cross and Blue Shield uh, plans across the country. And, uh, you know, th- the extension of their marketplace was critical to what they wanted to accomplish in 2017. So they, they're looking for, you know, additional opportunities. And, and, and for example, uh, they're, they're looking at middlemen between insurance companies and corporations, uh, drug makers and, and pharmacies. They're all, everybody's looking to expand their reach in the very soon-to-be aggressive 2017 marketplace. And this would this conceptually be similar to what we're seeing in other, like the insurance industry as well, their strategy? Yeah, but with with less pullback. In other words, you don't see the, the government uh, active in terms of stopping these kinds of, of – um, uh, associations, you know, of, of companies and partnerships joining, because again, they they represent a very real need of the American public, which is to provide, you know, the drugs mm-hmm. that are out there. But there's, but they can almost there's nothing to stop them from raising their prices. No, there really isn't that, and, and the 
And the answer to that is waiting in the wings, which is number 10, and yeah. to the why. But but no, there's there's nothing holding them back. Uh, and, and, and it's uh, sad, but, you know, that's the marketplace as is and will continue, uh, you know, as is until there's some changes, as you indicated, possibly on the congressional uh, side of, of the market. Yeah, we're going to spend a whole segment on that last topic because I think it uh, it's going to be a huge thing because I think, if anything, that's going to be something that's going to come up in the presidential debates and election is that topic right there. Oh, for but, sure. But, for uh, sure. but uh, on this issue of these partnerships affecting the marketplace, seems they, they are all joining together to, to kind of just boil this down for the listeners. The, these companies that supply the prescription drugs are, 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 are joining together to get uh, bigger bargaining power, if mm-hmm. you will. And mm-hmm. um, as a result, there's less choice, in theory, for a supplier to, for, of people to supply these drugs to, to, right. uh, to places. And so that would probably create higher price increases, which we're clearly seeing. And then another thing that's uh, driv- driving um, price increases, Stuart, in the um, pharmaceutical industry is these biosimilar drugs uh, let's talk a little bit about their effect on the well, marketplace. Before we, yeah, we're going to do that. But before, before we move into that, that segment, um, I think everyone has to understand that other tiers of competition is coming in, which is uh, the, the benefit managers. Mm. So these prescription drug companies have figured out if they, uh, if they put together another division, which is a pharmacy benefit manager, then they're taking on a whole other tier of additional potential business out there, either from employers or self-funded plans that they could add to their retail bottom line. Right. Right. That's true. And, and that is uh, that is a great point. Um, do you uh, do you want to move into the next uh, se- yeah. se- segment here? Biosimilar yeah, drugs. Should. Yeah. What's happening is there's. This comparable safety and efficacy uh, of what's known as biosimilar drugs, these are complex medicines intended to be near copies of some of the most costly prescription drugs on the market. But they're, they're not sold necessarily in the pharmacy. They're sold uh, by physicians in the physician's office. And so in the absence of generic alternatives to some of the, of the brand-name drugs, these biosimilar drugs uh, hold promise you know, for additional new patents, but also solutions to problems that are out there. So biologics are drugs made using cutting-edge biotechnology, uh, but because the molecules are more complex than typical drugs or exact copy generics, uh, it's not possible to copy them. So a new class of drugs called biosimilars have the potential to be uh, generic-like substitutes needed to keep costs down. I think where you're going to see this a great deal is everyone's aware of the hepatitis C drugs and their, their costs. Mm-hmm. Some of the recent battles that you've seen uh, in the marketplace with very expensive drugs and so the potential replacement for those is obviously a biosimilar uh, drug uh, that's done by a, a private pharmacy uh, and is and is offered to the public at physicians and administered uh, at physicians' office. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this is um, 
something huge because I think the whole, I mean, it says biosimilar, but if you go to the root of the word biologic, bio, which is, I think, also biologics, right. uh, so biologics would almost be like the brand named drugs, if you will, and these biosimilars would be the generics of these uh, specialty drugs that are quite expensive. Well, copies, but, uh, right, copies. right. Yeah. But you mentioned the hepatitis C drug. Is it Havarti, Hamarni or something like that? Yeah. Um, Right. They uh, they're expensive, but then compared to a liver transplant, it's it's more cost effective to go this direction. And if we can find uh, biosimilar drugs that are even cheaper alternatives that can get the same outcome, I think that's there's the goal. The, there's the financial answer to the question you just posed, Sean. You're right on the money. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. Right. Sure. And, and you know, they, they um, the Affordable Care Act actually has a whole a whole section of the law on this issue. So I'm really glad that you identified it. it's way back in the weeds uh, mm -hmm. in the law but this is something that's um could is an important thing especially spoken from somebody that's on a specialty drug and understands how expensive that they can be the question i think and and you when you look and I, you I, I told you i would look into some of these things because mm -hmm. i actually talked about this with my physician who prescribes me a a, a biologic drug and and the question is wh whether or not insurance companies will um, almost mandate that these biosimilar drugs be the ones that are covered, or maybe even Medicare mandates that the biosimilar drugs be covered, and and that might be good. The question is whether or not they're as effective as as the um, the originals, and so that's well, kind of the big actually, question you, that she identified. Posed, yeah, you pose you really pose two situations. Number one, will it be covered by the plan? And if it's not going to be covered by the plan, uh, is it? the kind of medically necessary uh, drug that would be tax-deductible, right. either, either in the in the area of the uh, in excess of 10% of adjusted gross income or not. Mm -hmm. Because, again, in, in trying to help the folks on, uh, you know, on this program understand, that's where they're going to get help. The, the, the drug is either going to be covered by the, the plan that they select or if it's going to be one of those that, that the insurance companies are not going to pay for, because, again, this is a whole new area uh, of care and treatment, uh, then they're going to be out of pocket for these. If it's the only thing that, that physicians prescribe for them, because there's no generic equivalent to the, you know, to the, uh, to the brand name drug. Right. So it's a real, a real problem, Sean. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's something that... Um, we'll have to probably spend some more time on as it as it unfolds. Um, we've really identified a lot of issues uh, here, Stuart, um, especially as it relates to costs, prescription drug costs. That's something that I've taken away. Um, why don't we take a look at um, some things that seniors can offset, use to offset their costs. We've touched on them a little bit earlier, yep. but um, how about your, your suggestions and recommendations? Yeah, I'd be happy to, to jump in here because it's really an important part of this show, uh, particularly for the listeners. I think listeners have to look at, uh, w with the drug program that they select on the Medicare Part D, whether or not that program has a mail order component. Because again, if you go to a, a, a uh, pharmacy like, you know, like a uh, uh, you know, over-the-counter uh, pharmacy, mm -hmm. uh, you're going to pay uh, you're going to pay at least three and a half or to five percent, depending upon the pharmacy, uh, a dispensing fee, and that's going to be added to the cost. So there is some savings if a program provides a mail order component. Mm -hmm. The other thing I would suggest to folks is that they 
use the web as they do for so many other things in their life to do some price comparison shopping. And there's two uh, uh, sources or resources, Sean, I'd like to recommend to everybody. One is called GoodRx, G-O-O-D-R-X, and the other one is Weed, W-E-R-X. And what this does is it helps them to find the drugs that are available. It helps them to do a geo-search, in other words, in their geographic area where they live, uh, who are the who are the pharmacy drug uh, chains that prov- that uh, you know uh, would carry this drug at a discount price, and so they really have the ability both from uh, from Medicare.gov as well as these two apps, websites, and apps to really help themselves in terms of the pricing of the drugs that they're taking or will be taking. Right. Yeah, those are great suggestions. Uh, did you mention um, what about uh, Canadian prescriptions? Did you talk a little bit? <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you jumped in there. I was, I was going to do that next. One of the infamous or famous things in the United States, and, and I've, uh, I've been there with my fiance, uh, in Bloomington, uh, Minnesota, at the big mall, I've seen busloads of people uh, jump on these buses, uh, and almost a caravan of, of six to, to ten buses, and go into Canada to buy their meds. There's also Canadian pharmacies, if you go online, to do the same thing. Uh, you have to be careful and make sure that they're a registered Canadian pharmacy, and they'll show a little symbol that they are. Hmm. Um, so th- these are some of the other things that people are, are doing right now. In addition to that, some uh, Medicare has a low-income assistance program, which I mentioned earlier, but also the pharmacy companies themselves have what's known, and, and this has been around for years, prescription assistance programs uh, within the Rx industry. Mm-hmm. There's also prescription drug discount cards that are in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Those are two important things. Do you think people are really aware of those things right now? Well, they may not be aware of it, but certainly if they will go online, uh, they can find these readily available if they'll spend the time. Right, right. I think that's um, something that, that is important. I've, I've utilized prescription uh, assistance programs myself and found it to be, um, while it is kind of a pain uh, at times, it, it's, um, it, it really did help out quite a bit. Yeah, it serves a purpose. It sure. certainly it does. Really does. It certainly does. Do you have anything else on this? Topic, Stuart, uh, before we uh, – I'm trying to decide if we should take a timeout and do a whole segment on our last topic or just keep rolling with it. Why don't we take a timeout now so we have time to really cover okay. the last segment in terms of the whys and wherefores between the two of us, Sean. Okay, great. That's kind of what I was hoping we could do. So uh, we will be right back with uh, more. This last segment is something you definitely don't want to miss. It's, it's essentially uh, the billion or trillion-dollar question. Why not give Medicare the power to negotiate with pharmaceutical companies over how much it pays for drugs? I've got some thoughts on that because the last time they they tried to push this through, I was actually working on Capitol Hill, and uh, I was part of uh, the folks that were against that. But we're going to explore both sides because I think things have certainly changed since then. With Stuart Sloan and I'm Sean McGuire, you're listening to America's Healthcare Challenge. We'll be back right after this.